Do you want to start a garden this year, but are you worried that you can't keep the plants alive? I'm going to share how you can create an easy-to-maintain garden that's fun. Welcome to Simplify and Enjoy, the podcast and community focused on helping families have less stress and more options through minimalism and financial independence. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is sponsored by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Find out how at bankbetter.org. Before we get into gardening, I want to be upfront about something. I used to be the person who kept cacti around because it was the only plant I could keep alive. It's true. I'm not someone who naturally has a green thumb. This is something that I had to build up from and learn. Fast forwarding a few years, and now I'm hunting through seed catalogs each season, picking out what we're going to grow. Obviously, this was not an overnight process, but surprisingly, it wasn't as hard as I thought. A key part of me enjoying gardening is by starting off small and going with easy-to-grow plants. Now I enjoy seeing how much of our own food we can grow from the garden. The good news is, if I can do it, you can do it as well. If you're thinking of starting a garden, but you're worried about your skills, or if it's going to be a lot of work, I want to help you out. I want you to have an incredible and awesome year of gardening without a ton of hassle. In this episode, we're going to get into how to design your garden so that it's productive, yet easy to maintain, how to decide which plants to grow, and some of my favorite garden tips to get you started on the right foot. We have a lot to cover, so let's get started. Let's talk about this first idea of just designing your garden and what you want to get out of it. I think for new gardeners, it's intimidating. You feel like, I don't know how to plan this out. If you have a space in the backyard, is it the right space? Or if you are indoors, have an apartment, or just using containers, you think you might not be productive. No matter what size your garden is, you can have an incredible time with it. The first step with designing your garden is defining your goals. What are you trying to accomplish with that? For some families, it's simply having fresh herbs with their meals, and so a container garden may be the perfect solution for them. They can keep it indoors or out on the balcony or the patio so it can get the sun that it needs. Or if you do have a bigger space, what are you trying to grow? Do you want a full-fledged garden or do you want to specialize with a handful of different plants and then see what you enjoy and what you like and then build up from there? There's no wrong answer. We just want to make sure that you have a clear goal for your garden. Because it's not a competition, go with what you feel comfortable with because you can always build up later. The second thing to consider is your space. Now within that, I want to mention three things. When you are looking at a space, and I'm going to focus on if you have a front or backyard space or a side yard, you need to know how much sun, water, and the type of soil you have in there. Depending on your plants, they will either thrive or die off. 
a lot of plants just have a natural environment that they do best in. And it doesn't mean you can never grow something in your space if it doesn't perfectly match those conditions, but you should be realistic with your expectation about how productive it could be. For example, when we were looking at our space, on one hand in the summer, I love that we have so many trees on our property, but on the other hand, that means we were limited in where we could put the garden plot because of the sun issue. So we did find a spot where there's a variety of sun. It doesn't always have to be full sun. Some plants actually do better with partial sun and shade. But we needed to know that in this section of the garden, we're probably going to be growing these tomatoes and peppers because they love the sun. And in this section of the garden, we're going to focus mainly on flowers and herbs that are okay with the shade. So that set us up for some wins and actually has been beneficial for the plants themselves. Another consideration when you're designing your garden is being realistic with your time. How much time do you have to check in on your plants? If this is a hobby and you just need to get outside, this is less of a consideration. But if you're trying to grow your own food, focus on designing a garden that is one, easy to maintain, which we'll talk a little bit more, but then two, the plants that you put in there also make a big difference of whether or not you're going to need to give them extra attention. The last step is putting it down on paper. I know there are some great apps out there and programs that you can do to design, but for me, there's nothing better than just getting a blank sheet of paper, going out there in the garden, and doing a very rough design of what I'm looking at. Then if you want to refine it on the computer or on your phone, that's great. But at least I can visualize what I'd like to do with that space. There you have it. Designing a garden does take a few steps, but it's not complicated. By putting this effort up front, you will enjoy your green space so much more. One of the best ways to build up your skills and confidence as a gardener is by growing some easy plants. I have 20 here that are a mix of fruits, herbs, and vegetables so that you can have plenty of variety and options in your garden. Let's start off with herbs. I think these are great, especially for beginners that feel unconfident about their ability to keep plants alive. Many of these herbs are very hardy, and in fact, it's almost a matter of making sure they don't take over your garden. Another thing I love about herbs is that even with a little space, you can level up your meals by snipping something fresh from your own garden. So here are a few of my favorites. Rosemary, mint, thyme, oregano, and basil. And I just want to add that we absolutely do love mint, and we have several varieties in our backyard, but we try to keep them in spaces where we don't mind them taking over. With our hot, sunny summers here in Raleigh, we found that cilantro and basil in particular love to have a bit of shade. And I enjoy using rosemary also as a border plant because how it grows so big, even with minimal attention. Growing herbs is something you can do even if you have a container garden. Each pot, get a good size, you could keep by your kitchen window or another sunny place in your home. And if you have a backyard, again, I love planting herbs 
in between some of the vegetables they're going to be used with in the garden. It adds a variety. It looks good. And we'll talk a little bit later. It actually helps with insect repellent. Let's move on to vegetables. That's a very popular choice for many people. And there are many fantastic benefits to including them into your garden. First, having fresh vegetables just a few steps away or in the backyard makes it much easier for you to keep to your healthy eating habits. Second, you get convenient access to fresh produce, which saves you time that you would probably be spending waiting in line at the grocery store. It's also obviously a money saver, allowing you to put your hard-earned cash towards other things you enjoy. Finally, just growing your own vegetables is a rewarding experience in itself, knowing that you're making your own food, even if it's just a salad for your dinners. It's also a great way to connect with nature, relax, and enjoy the great outdoors. Some vegetables you might want to add to your list are carrots, green beans, spinach, cucumbers, summer squash, bell peppers, radishes, tomatoes, and onions. You probably heard a few of those jump out at you and have very strong feelings. Go for the vegetables that you absolutely know you'll enjoy and love to see grow. When I started gardening, I focused on that. I focused on that combination of what I like to eat and what was easy to grow. For me, that meant things like leafy greens, such as spinach, easy things like carrots and sweet peppers. As we got more space and I got more experience, I expanded my list to include tomatoes, cucumbers, and the rest. Don't feel like you need to start a farm and do all of these vegetables. Just begin with the ones you enjoy eating and you'll be fine. And then finally, fruits. This was probably the trickiest for me just because naturally I wasn't a fresh fruit person before I started gardening. I mean, I loved a good smoothie, but eating fruits was something I learned to do because I garden. Something to grow? Berries. They are incredibly easy to get started with, and they allow you to satisfy your sweet tooth. Plus, there's something special about eating fruits from your own personal garden. Some of my favorites include strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries. Now we're getting into figs and apples great benefit of this having the garden and having these fruits around is that our girls are enjoying them as snacks by themselves and they also get a kick because they're helping out with getting the garden set up there you have it 20 or so herbs vegetables and fruits that are pretty low maintenance and great to enjoy one question i get from new gardeners is should we try to grow from seed or buy seedlings from the store I know some people have very strong feelings about this, especially those who want to go all in, but I am on the side of getting started is more important than getting it perfect. If this is your first garden, I say focus on grabbing seedlings of your favorite vegetables, herbs, and fruits, and get seeds for the other ones that you want to explore. If you're growing root vegetables like carrots, you're going to go with seed. But I find that it's less stressful for new gardeners to grab seedling tomatoes, for example, than to grow from seed. Really, this is about gaining that experience and that confidence. There's something enjoyable about seeing your garden grow 
So if you buy seedlings, there's nothing wrong. No one's going to accuse you of being less of a gardener. You also want to consider your budget. Going with a seedling or a small plant, of course, is going to be pricier. So pick and choose carefully. Again, that's why I always suggest the vegetables, fruits, or whatever you're trying to grow that you really want to have, get the seedlings there and get started with that in your garden. Something to also consider if you're going with small plants is see if any of your garden friends are looking to unload some plants with. For me, when I start from seed, I put a little bit extra because you never know if it's going to succeed or not. And I do usually have a few extra seedlings to give away to friends. So that can be an opportunity to have the best of both worlds, some great seedlings to start with, and then also not breaking your budget. I hope these tips help you get excited and get started with your own garden. When I was new and learning to garden, I knew one of my concerns was that it was going to be too much maintenance and too much work. And something that I was so happy to discover is that there are easier ways to garden that not only lift some of that weight off of your shoulders, but also is good for the environment. I discovered permaculture and it has definitely been a game changer. First of all, you could do a really deep dive into it, but the gist of it is this. You're observing and mimicking nature's system into your own space. You can see what's working in nature, the variety, how the plants are working as one system and taking care of one another. A byproduct of permaculture and that kind of design is that it minimizes a lot of waste and labor on your part. I just want to focus on some components of permaculture that I think are essential and will make your gardening life much easier. The three are companion planting, composting, and using what you already have. Companion planting is a highly beneficial way of gardening. You're strategically grouping your plants and you're mixing them up in a way to create a system or a harmonious environment that they can all grow in. Not only does companion planting give them their best chance to survive, but by mixing up the plants, you're offering some protection from different pests. Companion planting is a great way to have a productive garden that also looks beautiful. Let me give you a few groupings so you can get an idea of what I mean by this. The tomatoes, you can include carrots, but you can also have basil, marigolds, lettuce, parsley, and spinach mixed in. If you're looking at growing peppers, onions can be great, as well as basil. And if you're more into squash, corn, beans, peas, dills, radishes, those are all great things that you can put together. By companion planting, what you're doing is improving the productivity, minimizing pest or disease problems later on. The second thing I want to talk about is composting. Composting is a simple, cost-effective way to create a healthier environment for your plants and provide them with the nutrition they need to thrive. Composting is incredibly simple. 
And what it basically is, it's the process of your organic material breaking down to becoming nutrient-rich soil. Now, some gardeners are absolutely obsessed with growing their own compost, and they call it the black gold of gardening. There are some great benefits to you and the environment when you compost. First, you reduce waste. Your kitchen scraps and waste becomes part of the soil. It's a big money saver because you're not having to buy and rely on fertilizer from the store, which can get pricey. And then third, very little time is involved with composting. You're using what's around you. You're putting it in the backyard, building the pile up, and it's really easy to maintain that. Sounds like an all-around win, right? So here's how it works. You're taking organic material like leaves, grass clippings, kitchen scraps like your fruits and vegetables, and putting them outside and layering them so they are decomposing naturally. There are different ways to do this, but you could start by spreading a layer of leaves and straw on the bare ground. This will allow the worms to come and start moving the soil in the pile. Then you're going to top that with dried leaves or straw. That's going to help with the drainage. Then you're going to add a little bit of soil and then grow in some green materials like those grass clippings I mentioned or your kitchen scraps. And then you're going to mix in what they call the layer of brown, which are your dried leaves or straw, and you repeat that. And you want to keep the pile semi-moist so it will break down faster. You turn the pile every couple of weeks, or if you're looking for a lower maintenance option, they also have things like a geobin that makes it easier. Finally, the last principle from permaculture that I appreciate, and you've probably already picked this up from how we discussed this, is that it encourages you to reuse and repurpose what you already have around. Sometimes we have to clean out some branches and twigs that goes into the fire pit or it goes into the compost pile. We're also using it for raised garden bed wall material for the larger uh, logs and limbs that we do have as well. So it's this idea of working with the environment instead of against the environment. I hope these three tips help you have a really good time with your garden and have some productive yields this year. This segment is brought to you by our partners such as Noom Weight. Noom helps you be healthier in an easy and enjoyable way. Unlike other programs, Zoom's psychological focus uses small goals to help you create lasting habits and get to a healthy weight for good. You'll get fitness tips, recipes, a coach, and more to stay motivated. Learn more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash noon. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I picked up from preparing this episode. The first is I hope you understand that a garden doesn't have to be large or complicated to be productive and enjoyable. If you are starting out this year with a container garden, that is fantastic. If you have a little bit of land in your front or backyard, that's also wonderful as well. You can have a lot of fun with your garden, no matter what size it is 
or how small you're starting. The second is start with what you have and then build up from there. Originally, when I got started with gardening, it was a very small patch of land in the front yard. We didn't have much space because of the landscaping they already had with the hedges, but it was enough for me to get confident growing a few vegetables and herbs. When we got into our now current house, I felt ready to expand and build up. I've tried to minimize needless purchases by seeing what do I have around the yard or what we had around the house and repurpose that material to build up our garden. Finally, I feel like I need to emphasize this. I think everyone should just have a hobby that enriches you and that you love. Yes, gardening can be a money and time saver, but that's not the main point of it. I didn't get into it simply to save money, but those are byproducts of the process. I feel like in the personal finance space, there's always this emphasis of turning whatever hobby you have into a side hustle. And I don't think you should have that. I think you need to have that quiet time, that space, however that looks for you. I want you to see that balance of just enjoying what you're doing. If you're thinking of getting started with your garden, make sure you're a part of our community. Besides sharing resources for each of the episodes of the podcast and updating you on projects I'm doing around the house, I also enjoy sharing extra tips and tools to make simplifying your money, home, and life easier. You can sign up at simplifyandenjoy.com slash join. I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you have the confidence and basic knowledge so you can get started on building your own garden. As always, I'm going to include links to the resources we've mentioned today over at simplifyandenjoy.com. Don't forget, in two weeks, we're going to be wrapping up this run of episodes and go on our spring break. I love to answer your questions for the listener mailbag. It's a tradition that we have here where before we go on break, I answer your specific questions. So there's still time to send it in. I'm going to have it in the show notes, a link that you could either leave a voice recording or if you want to leave something anonymous, you can do that as well. Again, that's going to be on simplifyandenjoy.com. And next week on the podcast, we're going to switch up gears and we're going to be talking about investing, specifically investing in real estate. Is it something that you've considered, but you're not sure where to start? Then please listen up. We're going to go over what you need to know so that you can start coming up with a plan that fits your goals and have an idea of the lay of the land. So if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed. You don't want to miss out on that episode. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. Our theme was by Staircases with additional music from various artists over at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you not only listening, but sending in those questions and ideas for the podcast and sharing your favorite episodes with your friends. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. 